0: Hi, I'm Doug the Neighbor, and welcome to the Possum Trot Studios and my podcast of Doug the Neighbor Interviewing his neighbors. And today we have a very interesting neighbor and we will get to him in just a second. So sit back and relax and welcome to Doug the Neighbors podcast here at the Possum Trot Studios. And as always we have a little bit of housekeeping. We'd like to Welcome Jojo Bear, our uh, production assistant. Jojo Bear has been with us for many, many years and he makes sure that we do this podcast correctly. And our guest right now is looking at Jojo Bear and smiling. Okay. Glad to have everybody here. Sit back, relax. We have our Dr. Peppers as usual. Let's just take care of some business. First off, let's check the weather window. Yes! Here at the Possum Trot Studio, checking the weather window. It's trying to rain, it's trying to be cloudy, but it is always sunny in America. Now, for the sports report of today, this is a very special uh, quote or sports report. My family up in Canada is truly excited because the Toronto Raptors are playing the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals, and it starts tonight. So to my family and friends up in Canada, and we all know them as my Looney Canucks, because they are Canadians, my Looney Canucks, we wish them well with the Raptors and their uh, NBA Finals with the Golden State Warriors. Now, I am very fortunate to have a super neighbor of mine. I have known Scott Thompson for a couple of years, and he has participated in a YouTube video uh, for the Doug the Neighbor YouTube page, and we will talk about that a little bit later. But I'd like to welcome Scott Thompson, my neighbor, here to the Possum Trot Studios. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Oh, Scott, we're very, very glad to have you here at the Possum Trot Studios. So we want you to sit back and be comfortable here, Scott. We have some in questions for you to get to know you so our podcast listeners can get to know you. And so our first question for you is, is Scott, where were you born? I was born in Lubbock, Texas. In Lubbock, Texas. Scott, you never told me that. Yeah, well, I'm a native. You were born in Lubbock, Texas? I was
1: born in Lubbock.
0: Oh, that's terrific, Scott. And uh, your last name is very interesting. Thompson. But the way it's spelled, T-O-M...
1: No, 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 no. T-H-O-M. S E N.
0: That Doug the neighbor apologized. No worries. No worries. Profusely. Profusely.
1: So it's it's Thompson. You know, but it just no P and it's E N. E N.
0: Mm -hmm. So T H O M S E N. Correct. Now. Is that a a German name, a Swedish name?
1: That's a Danish
0: name. Danish name, very interesting. Scott, have you ever done your DNA for yourself? I have. I did it
1: uh, maybe a year or so ago, and I think the service we used was 23andMe.
0: 23andMe. Doug the Neighbor has never done it, but I'm very interested in doing it. Uh, what did you find out that you thought was very interesting in the results?
1: Well, so I've already had, my grandmother has done a lot of genealogy work on the family, so we already had quite a bit of data there, right. which was kind of nice. And then it was interesting to look then at the actual, uh, you know, that was just research, going to Europe, you know, doing historical stuff. Yes. And then uh, with the the actual, you know, European, or, you know, the the DNA thing, Um, Yeah, there's you know primarily European is my background, but the interesting thing out of the test would you know say there's big circles of this region or that region. Yes, but the uh, the thing that was really unusual was that they narrowed it down to a region in Ireland, so actually Ulster, the city, and so I guess the way those DNA things work is that once you've tapped into a certain line or DNA or something like that. You can actually get into a city. So, yeah, so there was lots of just broad strokes of this area or that area, you know, but then, yeah, I have a relative somewhere from Ulster, Ireland.
0: Now, Ulster would be in Northern Ireland. I believe so. Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think it'd be part of the uh, migration that came from uh, across Northern Europe through the uh, Scandinavian countries into Ira- Britain, Ira- Scotland? Well, Ireland. so
1: what I could probably do is that my mother's side is more uh, English and Irish. So I have a feeling that's where that came from. On my father's side, it's primarily German and uh, Danish. If yeah, you Danish. Will. So oh, you my going? grandmother. Uh, came in through actually Galveston and uh, lived in a little place called Grove, Texas. Grove, Texas, yeah. we
0: will have to look that Which up. Which
1: is uh, just north of Austin, about 40 45 minutes or so. Little tiny town, nothing much there. And so, anyway, she was there, but then moved out California way, uh, mm-hmm. I think, when yeah, she was small.
0: And Okay, that's very, very interesting. So you have some Viking blood uh, rolling through you. (laughs) Yeah, you could say Viking. I mean,
1: the, the two interesting points out of all the genealogy work is that they, I think what happens is you start to do the research and then you tap into a line. Yes. And so one of the things that we tapped into was the Baskervilles. So... I am related to the Baskervilles, which are the same, the hounds of the Baskervilles. Or uh, Sir
0: Arthur Conan Doyle, a very yep. famous book. Um, yes.
1: And uh, also for me, a uh, know which is interesting is that there's a very famous font called Baskerville. A font,
0: a printing font.
1: Yes, so that's one of the ones, yeah, so I, I'm... I always thought it was a neat connection, the Baskerville font. So, whenever I'm typesetting something, I was like, oh, I need to use Baskerville.
0: That um, is a great story, Scott. Thank uh, and, you very much for telling us that. Sure. And Grove, Texas, to our podcast listeners around the world and who are big fans of Google Maps, uh, look up Grove, Texas, small town here in Texas. And we always enjoy. Uh, Talking to uh, people from Texas, Scott, was born in Lubbock, and we'll get on to that in just a second. Anyway, so how did your family get to Lubbock, Texas? So my
1: father was a pilot in the uh, United States Air Force, and so that was his first assignment. So both my parents are from the Bay Area, they uh, came from Oakland.
0: Oakland, San Francisco, California, Bay Area, Mm -hmm. yes, Okay.
1: And um so th- they were married and my dad was assigned to uh yeah Reese Air Force Base in Lubbock and so that's where they Reese
0: Air Force Base yes. in in Lubbock. Yeah. Oh that's very interesting. Now uh you've uh, we're smiling at Jojo Bear our teddy bear here. Uh Scott did you have a teddy bear when you were growing up?
1: I did not. I yeah didn't really have time for teddy bears. I had a younger brother that often had teddy bears and I would yeah, figure out ways to mess with him with a teddy bear, but uh, yeah, not really a teddy bear kind of guy.
0: How about a, how about a pet when you were a child? So, uh, what uh, my family wasn't really a
1: pet. We had cats and so I kind of t- tolerated cats and you know and then I guess our first real pet where it was a conscious effort was uh we got a dog from the pound, and so it was kind of interesting. My uh, mother was real like, okay, we don't want a yelpy dog, you know, so we found this little dog, and it was a cute, it was a beagle, it was a beagle mutt. And the beagle, very, okay. Yeah, very beagles. cute, cute dog, but what you found out was that beagles howl, so they <laughs> yeah. might not be yelpy, but yeah, they'll start howling in the night, and yeah. so, uh, and this was a strange dog. It would do all sorts of. Weird things like it would run away. So although we loved the dog, we were very nice to the dog, whenever you'd get the chance to get outside, it would just run away as far as it could. So we spent a lot of time chasing the dog. And then,
0: <laughs> What was the dog's name?
1: Uh, so we named it Ginny. At the time, we lived in Virginia. And, yeah, we were trying to yeah, that was the name. Jenny from Virginia. Is <laughs> well, that's what good. We called it.
0: <laughs> that's good. Jenny the from Virginia the beagle the, the run, yep. running beagle. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, that's a great story. Now, uh where did you go to high school? So, with my father being in the military,
1: uh lived the uh military life and moved yes. uh, frequently. Um so in 1979 my family moved to uh, the United Kingdom. So there was an American military base over there, and my father was stationed. And
0: where was this in England?
1: This is in uh, East, Anglia. Um, East Anglia. East Anglia? Okay. East Anglia, which is uh, on the eastern side of uh, England. It's uh, farmland, and um, Norfolk, Suffolk is the area. Right. And uh, there's two large American military bases there, RAF Lakenheath and RAF Milton Hall. And my, my father thing. was stationed at RAF Lake and Heath.
0: Lincoln. Lake and Heath. Lincoln. No, no. Lake and Heath. Like Le- a lake. Lake and Heath. Lake and Heath. Okay, yes. all right. Our Google Map fans can look that up, as will Doug the Neighbor when this podcast is over. I enjoy things like that about learning about our world. Now, uh, you went to high school there, and what was the name of the high school? So
1: I, so i 'll step back just a little bit, so i uh, we lived in a little village, and I started off, and I went to English schools, so right. I actually went to an English high school Starts when at ten years old, okay so I started in English high school, but then because of my father 's work, we had to move on to the military base itself yes, and when that happened, I started going to the American high school, so it was the uh, Lake and Heath American High School, and uh, mm. went to there from my uh, my
0: freshman through my, uh, halfway through my junior year. Junior, junior year. Then because of your dad's job being in the military and we appreciate his service, you moved on to where? Uh, so we moved uh, here to Austin, Texas. Oh. So from there, uh,
1: he was stationed at Bergstrom. And so we. Uh, Bergstrom here in Austin, in Texas. In Austin, yeah. And so then moved here and started going to uh, Westwood High School up in North Austin.
0: Westwood High School. Now... Uh, were, uh, what was the mascot for the Westwood High School? The Westwood
1: Warrior is our mascot and we have the the uh, our Westwood symbol and uh, yes yeah, so up in okay. North Austin it was the Westwood Warriors.
0: Westwood Warriors. To our podcast listener Scott our guest today just put his hands together with the double V to perform the w, a w, <laughs> double V to WW Westwood Warriors. Very good Scott. I wish I could
1: sing you the song but I I don't remember the song. Westwood
0: Warriors, that's good. So uh, to start your awesome Austin adventure here in Austin, Texas, what day did you come to Austin, Texas?
1: So we got here, uh, I think, towards the end of October. So let's say the 27th of October, 1985.
0: That started your awesome Austin adventure adventure. Yes. Well, that's great. And you went to Westwood High School in North Austin and you were mm-hmm. the Warriors. Now you were telling me earlier about your first job here in Austin, Texas. And this mm-hmm. is a great story, friends. Well, I, it, yeah,
1: so I needed a job. And so I started working at a family run pizzeria again up in North Austin called Reale's Pizzeria.
0: Reale's Pizzeria.
1: Yeah, Reale's Pizzeria and uh, I was a dishwasher so I was just uh, washing dishes and quickly learned that yeah that was not the life for me washing dishes. But uh, This was a
0: high school job?
1: Yeah it was just a job in high school. Um, And then the uh, what's interesting about uh, the uh, realities is that I believe they closed down, but then they opened back up again. Okay. And I believe they're it's they're open today. It's it's still a family run uh, Italian restaurant up in North Austin.
0: Okay. We love the entrepreneurial aspect of uh, a family running their pizza business, and we uh, applaud them. And we do hope that they're still open. And at the end of the podcast. We will order some pizza from Reales. Now, you told me uh, something else about uh, your job. You advanced from dishwasher to... Uh, So, yeah. So then, yeah, that was my first job. Then
1: quickly moved to... uh, I worked as a uh, a, a bag boy at uh, Tom Thumb Grocery Store. That was, uh, yeah, the Austin grocery store that I think got... Acquired by
0: somebody, but it was, yeah, they, Tom they, They've Thames. all got acquired yeah. by somebody, by somebody. And like
1: then that. I think the, the, the job I had sort of for the longest through high school and college was uh, delivering pizzas for another pizza company, uh, uh, Mr. Gaddy's Pizzeria. For Mr.
0: Gaddy's, you yep. were delivering pizza. Yeah. Okay, now, that's terrific, Scott. Now, where did you go to college? So I started,
1: uh, so I graduated from Westwood and then started at the University of Texas in Austin. Here in Austin? Here in and Austin. those are the? Uh, the Longhorns. Longhorns. Hook'em Horns. Hook'em so. Horns,
0: yes, yes. Um,
1: so yes, I, I, I didn't do that. I didn't enjoy high school. It, it, was, a, it was a difficult Time for me, I guess. I didn't. Difficult it, it for was, all of us. Well, yeah, it was a difficult transition going from living in England for six years and then coming here to the United States. And although I was an American and I was born in Lubbock, yes. it was a real culture shock for me yes. to, to come here mm-hmm. uh, because I'd been away from the country for six years. So that was Did all you have an English different. accent? I did, yeah. yeah. And that was very odd because, it, I mean, first of all, when I'd say, you know, where are you from? And I'd say, I was from Lubbock. With an English accent, people say you're not from love. and and uh, and it was it just sort of weird, I, you know, I, like I was a celebrity or something just because I had this accent. So I was. Yeah, so my accent only really comes out now when I've been drinking perhaps something other than Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Uh, And
0: on that note, let me refill your glass here. There you go. Sounds good. To our podcast listeners, we are big fans of Dr. Pepper, and uh, Scott and I are both enjoying some Dr. Pepper here at the coffee bar in the Possum Trot Studios. Now, Scott... Telling people you are from Lubbock, Texas, and having a uh, English accent yeah. uh, in high school—yes, it must have been a little bit of a shock. Yeah. But this—that was then. This is now. Yeah. So, then, so. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so then, so yeah. So then,
1: I didn't have the the grades. So I wasn't in the top ten uh, percent of my class okay. uh, to get into UT, and my SAT and ACT score weren't good enough either. Um, but, uh, at the time, uh, they had a probation thing, okay. uh, UT did, so you could get on probation. So okay. I actually started going to the University of Texas before I even graduated from high school, because uh, they overlapped with, it was a summer probation thing. Oh, I see. And I see. so I entered, uh, UT, uh, and yeah, it was a very, in, it was intense because I took dumb classes. I took... A uh, high level German class in the summer, and that was like six hours a day with the German, and that was, yeah, kind of brutal. But um, anyway, um, I yeah, I got the grades and got into the good, got into the university, and you uh, worked at it, you yeah. Worked. So yeah, it was a, I, yeah, I did well yeah. and, and and got in. So then it was okay. I got into the school, so now it was like um, I need to, you know, I wanted to be a graphic designer. Um, so graphic
0: I, design this is very interesting Scott what motivated you to become a graphic designer So
1: I'd always uh, enjoyed design I I I liked uh whether graphic design or product design or things, I was always interested in the design of things. Um, do you doodle? Are you a doodler? I'm not really a doodler, I, and and so I really sort of say is I'm not really an artist. I mean, I've taken a lot of art classes, and I I can paint, I can do you know, so I can sketch and do things like that, and I enjoy doing it. But I'm more of a designer than an artist. I I kind of need that relationship of somebody saying. Scott, we need to need this thing and we're going to give you money to do it and okay, I'm going to do it. Um, I think to be an artist, you sort of have this driven where you've got these ideas and things that you need to get out and uh, you, you right. just do it. I, I kind of need motivation of like...
0: Well, a paycheck is always yeah, good motivation. It's a good but, motivation. But what inspired you to... Uh, Get into design. You so, said you weren't much of a painter. You've taken art classes. Right. So
1: I think what, you know, a lot of times you don't understand what the, uh, when you're young, you don't know, well, okay, what do I want to do with my life and what are the sort of professions and things out there. So I was lucky enough to, um, in England, we had a next door neighbor who was a graphic designer. Oh. And, um, you know, I told him I was kind of interested in it, and he one day said, "Well, why don't you come down and see how I do my job?" And well, so,
0: very nice. I
1: joined. Uh, his name was uh, Pip Blakemore, and um, went down to London, down to his studio for the day, mm-hmm. and yeah, got to see how uh, what a, what it is to be a
0: designer. Okay. And uh, so um the Mr. Pitt Blackmore is uh he's still in the business? I think he's retired now. Retired. Yeah. So Just to sunny our, Spain, I think is where he uh, lives. Okay. Now. To our podcast listeners, uh, if you have contacts with Mr. Pitt Black- well, let, me, let me get the name right. Pip. Very Pip. English name, Pip. P I P. PIP, Pip. 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 Blake Moore. Blake Moore. Blake Moore. Oh, Doug the neighbor is blowing. He's that's suffering, all right. Stuff suffering stumble tongue today. One uh, more time, Pip Blake Moore. That's it. You yes. Got it. So, our podcast listeners around the world, <laughs> if you have any contacts with Mister Pip Blackmore, we are thinking about him, and please have him email us or uh, call us. We would love to connect. The the, uh, dots, because here at the Possum Trot Studios, we are big believers in the fact that new friends are like silver, and old friends are like gold, and that is why we are wealthy. On that note, Scott, are you still in touch with any of your friends from high school in England? I am,
1: yes. I have uh, a lot of friends that I still uh, talk to in England, you know, it... over the years, you start to not do phone calls as much, and you do Skype every so often. But, yes.
0: yeah, I do uh, have friends that I uh, good keep in contact with. So. And for, uh, friends from Westwood uh, High School? I still Austin. have some of my
1: friends from Westwood, yes. Um, okay. Yeah, most
0: of them are stu- yeah. You know, North Austin sort of ways. But yeah, there's a few of them are still here in Austin. Oh, good. So then once this podcast is available, we can forward this podcast to them and let them know that we are thinking about them.
1: There you go. Because
0: new friends are like silver and old friends are like gold. And your friend, Scott, is still thinking about you. Now, uh, Scott... Uh, So you were fortunate enough, this gentleman invited you down to his London office to see what it was like to be a graphic designer, and that started you on your path, and then you came here to the uh, University of Texas at Austin, the Longhorns, to study art, to study design, and then you told me you had another story. Well, so it's one thing to say this is what I want to do, the next question is do you have the
1: talent? So, very good question. Yeah, very- so uh, I wanted to be a designer, but I didn't know if I, you know, had the chops to do it. And so going into college, I was, uh, yeah, I, because high school didn't go that smoothly, I, I wasn't quite sure uh, in college. And uh, actually, one of the things I was worried about was, yeah, just flunking out or uh, wasting my parents' money or yes, what have you. yes. So anyway, I I got in on probation to the University of Texas, and then enrolled in the uh, the fine arts program and started taking my uh, art classes. And uh, I did well. And so you did well. Yeah, I was uh, getting good grades and, and and doing real well. So. I thought, well, there must be something wrong, <laughs> because <laughs> why am I doing well here? And so I thought, well, this must be a rinky-dink school. What am I doing here? I don't know what's... Yeah, so, <laughs> what I, I, <laughs> uh, so I started looking at uh, proper design schools. So I looked at uh, sort of the, the top design schools in the country mm-hmm. and um, settled on the Kansas City Art Institute.
0: Okay, the Kansas City art institute now that school has a very interesting alumni and who is that
1: that's uh walt disney walt disney who was from kansas city and went to that school
0: Walt Disney went to the Kansas City School of Art. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, and he went on to legend in uh, Hollywood back in the 20s when he created he and his team created uh Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Pluto, on and on in the Disney Studios, which is now a huge corporation around the world with theme parks, movies, entertainment, books, goes on and on. And you went to the same school as Walt Disney. I did. Yes.
1: And uh, that was, yeah, uh, Walt Disney was a passionate alumni, and uh, he would always, when he was looking for uh, animators, he would go to Kansas City first to uh, find animators um, for his studio. And uh, I remember some of the students that I was there with were, that was their goal. I was an animator, and I wanted to work for Walt Disney, and that was their you know way to do it. That so. was
0: their way to do it. Now, uh, wh- how long is the course at the Kansas City School of Art?
1: It's a four-year. So uh, four years? Yeah, it's a four-year college, and um, they, yeah, I'm probably here using the right terms, or whatever, but they sort of go by the Bauhaus method, I guess, of you take foundation classes, yes. and you, you take them in all sorts of different uh, disciplines in art. So you may say, hey, I am an illustrator, but you're gonna take sculpture classes, you're gonna take graphic design classes, you're gonna take painting classes. And then after that first year, then you start to specialize and to get into your area. So your basic,
0: well-rounded education. Excuse me in the art biz. in the
1: ar- in the art stuff, yeah, but since I had already started at the University of texas i uh I came in and missed that foundation thing, so I had already come into the design uh route, and uh so then was just taking i, I took design classes i didn't take those art classes, so oh I said yeah see. um and so then yeah, I took the the design classes, and uh I did well so. Oh. Again, I was like, "Well, okay, maybe I, I have a future at this thing mm-hmm. um, that I can hang with the, you know, the best in the, you know, top notch de- uh, design school." Mm-hmm. So then, my next thing that I sort of thought about was that I was going to come out of school with a lot of debt. This was a private school, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yes, I was always very conscious about uh, eh, wasting my parents' money or getting. And my parents said, "Yeah, we'll pay for." Uh, <laughs> We'll pay for a state college, but anything over that, you are going to have to foot the bill yourself. Yeah. yeah, so um, I looked at it that way, and that was so that was one consideration. And then the next consideration is that um, as a designer, you have to have sort of a I don't know what you want to say, like a worldview, or you need to be have exposure to lots of different things to make a really great design. You, yes. you can't just have a lot of skill at your craft. So you say that, well, I am very good at drawing a line or cutting this or, you know, yes, whatever, yes. but you need to bring a little bit more into it. And I felt that uh, the liberal arts classes and things at the University of Texas was actually a, a, probably a really good way to go. So then what with the, uh, the cost? Uh, and then also I think sometimes, you know, if you go to, say, Harvard, uh, you know, then, you you know, okay, you've spent a lot of money going to Harvard, but yes. then you, you drop that name. Hey, I went to Harvard, and it opens doors, and you got network and connections and things like that. Uh, when you say, I went to the Kansas City Art Institute, I mean, I was very surprised, Doug, that you'd even heard of that school. Well, Doug the
0: neighbor uh, <laughs> did more than drink beer and chase girls uh, in college. Uh, <laughs> yes, and also believe, I'll try this little uh, uh, tidbit, That Hallmark Cards, I believe, is based in Kansas City. Yes. That's
1: one of the big employers, and a lot of people go. And I, yeah, I toured the Hallmark uh, factory there and saw that you can actually see designers making, or at the time, you could see them making cards and things. Yes, yes.
0: And here in the Possum Trot Studios, we have a card that was designed by one of our neighbors, and she sent that. uh, just uh, so we we believe in the work of designers, and uh, we we think it's uh, fantastic, and we like your idea uh, and thoughts that you need a well-rounded education because a, a world view, so that when it comes to designing something specific, you have you can pull on many many uh, situations. Yes,
1: and then I think also really for a designer, it comes down to. You're judged on your work, not so much where you went to school, oh, so, or where um, you
0: live now, because it's all remote, right? I mean, right. I, you know. But you know,
1: it's your portfolio. You show your portfolio, and if they like the work, and you know, then it's sort of like, hey, I can see that this person has the skills, and you know, so it, not so much, oh, I went to this school and that, you know, opens right. doors or something. So. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. So, uh, wise words to a, a young person who wishes to be a designer. You would say, put together a portfolio, uh, draw, draw, draw. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think ultimately, yeah, it comes down to your portfolio, and you you do you just do as much work as you can. And if you can't get work, then you make up work and say, hey, I, FedEx,
0: I don't like the way they do this thing. I would redesign it this way, and yeah, just right. we, do your own stuff. We at the Possum Trot Studios are big believers in that. If you can't get work, make work. Okay, Scott, It's when you came in here, you were a little nervous concerning the podcast. How are you feeling now? I'm feeling great. Well, cheers. Cheers. cheers uh, little. Glad to have you here, Scott, as we're enjoying a, some Dr. Pepper. And Scott, you were going to tell me something about Dr. Pepper.
1: Oh, so I've always loved Dr. Pepper, and uh, I don't know if it's because of my Lubbock roots or, or what, but uh, I once went to a uh, a market... Research study uh, I don 't think it was UT but it was close up off of MLK and
0: MLK Martin Luther King Street here in Austin Texas to our podcasters around the world enjoying Doug the neighbors podcast um,
1: so and you often don't know what the study is going to be about uh, but I was sitting there in a room with thirty people. And as they start asking questions and things like this, you realize, oh, this is about a drink, this thing. So then the question came out, what is your favorite uh, soda drink? Yes. And of the 30 people in the room, all 30 of them said Dr. Pepper. And I was just (laughs) dumbfounded, and I just thought, wow, there must be something in this that... If you're a Texan and you've been here a while or something, you get hooked on it. Because yes. I know people from other areas go, it tastes awful or it's got beets or something in it. All but right. yeah, but it was interesting to see that of, the, of all these Texans, yeah, they all right. love Dr. Pepper.
0: Well, recently I had to explain to somebody from Tennessee what the term DP was. Mm. They didn't know what. That was, and then then I just to uh, give him a moment's thought, I said, yeah, and I'm not really into DDP, <laughs> Diet Doctor Pepper. So yeah. I had to stop and re-explain everything about DP, Doctor Pepper, DDP, Diet Doctor Pepper. Yeah. We are talking to Scott Thompson today at the Possum Trot Studios here in awesome Austin, Texas, here for our podcast. I hope you're enjoying yourself. We are enjoying some Dr. Pepper, and I hope you just enjoyed that uh, Dr. Pepper story from Scott. Now, uh, Scott, you've gone from delivering pizzas to uh, uh, dishwashing, bagging groceries at the Tom Thumb. I don't even know if they still exist. Uh, they've, the grocery chains seem to be coming and going constantly. And uh, going to school uh, at the Kansas City School of Art. Uh, do you remember your first real live art job that you got a paycheck on? Because that would have been a momentous job.
1: Yeah. And moment. At <laughs> moment. I do, and I guess it sort of shows, um, yeah, when you're young and stupid, but uh, I was, uh, I had, there was a, at the time I was coming out of school, and it was sort of the transition from um, hand-done graphic design, production, so when you had to create something to be printed, you had to do mock-up boards, and there was a lot of sort of handwork, to them doing it on the computer. So I was sort of right at the cusp on that. And so I was very interested in in computers and especially the Macintosh, Apple Macintosh. And um, so, yes, I was very passionate about Apple. And um, so I was looking and because it was Austin, Texas at the time, there was a lot of uh, high-tech companies. And so someone referred me and said uh, I was was in the the process of doing a portfolio, a digital portfolio on a... uh, on a floppy disk. So my idea was that I was going to do this interactive portfolio and then I was going to send out floppy disks to companies
0: that I wanted to go work for. Okay, so a floppy disk uh, would be your portfolio as opposed to taking a leather-bound case around to each art director. Correct. Can, yeah.
1: They were going to put this thing in their computer, click a button, and then things would dance around and I would show artwork and there was this yes. sort of interactive presentation.
0: Oh, very nice. Um, Inventive. Of-
1: and so... And my idea was that uh, because it only worked on an, an Apple Macintosh, if it somehow got to a company that was a was was Microsoft or a PC, and it wouldn't run, and it was oh, so because oh. I didn't want to work for a company that was a PC company. I wanted to work for a Mac company that had Macs.
0: Oh, very good. Yeah. Okay.
1: So um, anyway, I was in the process of working on that and spending a lot of time doing this portfolio, and yeah, probably spending way too much time doing it. And someone told me, "Hey, there's this." Uh, this uh, high tech company here in town, and they need a designer and here 's a person, and you should talk to him. I was like, yeah okay, and i didn 't do anything. I was too busy doing other stuff. whoa <laughs> yeah, and so the funny thing was is that then the this the same woman that told me about this then told the person that was looking for the designer, so she called me up and <laughs> she said, "Hey, somebody gave me your name. Are you a designer uh, you know are you looking for a job and so I was like Yeah, I am a designer, and I am
0: looking for a job. (laughs) So, uh, yes. So, great message from above here, Scott. Yes, (laughs) saying, hey, you're a
1: silly art student. You need to be a little bit more proactive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, So that company, her name was Kelly Hayes. Kelly, we appreciate your efforts to get Scott a job. <laughs> yeah, and
1: uh, that company was called uh, Technology Works, and it actually changed its name a little bit to, to Tech Works. Tech
0: Works, okay.
1: Tech Works, yeah.
0: Now, are they still in business here in um, Austin, Texas? They may be a little
1: bit. I think they were bought out. I think a Korean sure. company owns them or something now. Okay. But at the time, they were a high-flying uh uh, interesting company because they were hardware and software. So they sold uh, memory modules that would go into um, Macintosh, well, all sorts of different computers. Yes. And then they also sold software and things as well. Okay. And uh, it was a great first job uh, because I did all sorts of different things. I did, uh, y- yeah, I was the only designer, so I-, I get to just do lots and lots of different types of design.
0: Now, uh, for uh, someone like myself, would you design the box that the uh equipment would go in yeah so i did a lot of uh packaging design so i did lots of boxes
1: so at the time the software was always sold in boxes so i did all this packaging for software and the hardware right so did that did all the um You know, sort of all the communication. so lots and lots of uh, data sheets is what we'd call them. So it would be just a a one sheet thing about the different products. Yes. And Mm -hmm. um, and then one area that I got into, which I really enjoyed, which was exhibit design. So they would go to these big trade shows. Exhibit Um, design. mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So that would be so you, you go to a, a trade show and you take your trade show booth and you, you get all these displays and you have all this material and then people walk around and you then know. you hand out a
0: pamphlet. Sure. Yes, I've been to trade shows. Yeah. I know how they work. Yeah. So, but you would design something that would go in a 10 by 10 space or something? Sure, I would
1: sort of, yeah, work on everything. So whether it was designing the booth or designing the displays or designing the uh, interactive presentations that ran on the computers. Yes. To, um, yeah, just uh, you you name it, and I sort of did it. And what was great about that company is that they gave me a lot of uh, freedom and leeway to to do different things. And so, like, I even – I shot – I sort of got a little bit into filmmaking, if you will, and was just making videos and things. And uh, it was weird. I was interested in a Russian. Dietzig uh, Vertov was a uh, a Russian cinematographer, and so I was obsessed with this guy and tried to make films that, uh, showing off the products that would run in these trade shows and things.
0: Right, right. So that someone would come by. The yeah, exhibit, and see
1: all these uh, yeah things, and videos moving and, and, stuff, and
0: yeah. pamphlets, mm-hmm. designs, and they would all be because of you. Uh yeah, so I
1: yeah I was the designer, so I sort of. Yeah, and what was did the name
0: everything. of that company again?
1: That company was called TechWorks. TechWorks,
0: but we're not so sure what form or fashion they, uh, they exist were. I, I
1: believe they they were per- purchased by a, a Korean company, so I'm not okay. really sure where okay. the entity is right now. Uh,
0: and still have any friends out there that uh, you're in contact? Sure.
1: With? So it, uh, I think the. Uh, so that was the. Back then in Austin, the Macintosh community was was fairly small. And it's also the high-tech community and then startups. So you tended to keep moving from startup to startup. And, you know, so if you were a Mac guy and you'd all bring all your Mac friends. So, yeah, I worked at a number of companies um, and yeah, so a lot of these uh, the people that I worked with at that company are, are working in other companies here
0: in Austin. Oh, yeah. good. So when we contact them and let them know that Scott Thompson is, has done a, uh, a podcast and remembers his old friends, uh, they will enjoy uh, listening to your stories. That's absolutely terrific. Now, you that was your first job. Right now, what are you doing, Scott? Well, so I'm still doing design, okay, um, but in a more entrepreneurial situation.
1: Well, so I spent uh, a number of years working at different, let's just say, high tech companies in Austin doing designs. So that was in house. So yes. you call those an in house designer working for the corporate design firm. Yes. Then I also worked for um, an agency, a different, you know, an agency, which is sort of the other side, right? So mm-hmm. you're. You're working for a design firm that is then working with you know, other companies. So I did that for a few years. And so, but then I got to a point where, okay, I've worked in house, I've worked on the agency side, and now I'm ready to go out on my own.
0: And you have your own company.
1: So, yes. Yeah, so I freelanced for a while. And um, I, yeah, so it was actually, yeah, I was sort of interested because then I, I worked in house, I worked for agencies, I had a company with some other. Uh, Friends of mine that we formed a company, did that for a few years, and then uh, yeah, started my own company. And, and
0: what is the name of your the company?
1: Company is called Agave Design.
0: Agave Designs, okay. Yes. Agave Designs, and we here at the Possum Trot Studios appreciate the entrepreneurial efforts of Scott Thompson uh, going out on his own things this is the United States of America and small businesses hire people and this is also a capitalistic system and we appreciate Scott and his efforts to have his own company Agave Designs here in awesome Austin Texas so Going out on your own, Scott. Uh, that's tough. That's very tough. But you've been making it work.
1: I have. Yes, I think um, so. I've been in business since around 2002. So, uh,
0: well, that's 17 years yeah. now. So that's pretty good. So that's
1: that's a while now. Um, I think the the trick is that you have to always be uh, flexible and keep reinventing yourself. Um, I've done lots of different types of design, um, and really looking for what you know. What is the market looking for, and you know? Then also, what can I make money at? Yes, and, yeah, uh entrepreneurial
0: and, system. Sure.
1: Yeah. So the, you know, there's some areas of design that can be fun, but if you're not really making much money at it, then it's not you know, it's not right. of a negative thing.
0: So. Right now, uh, you told the story earlier about Mr. Pip. Blake Moore took you down to his uh, design studio have you paid it forward to a young gentleman or lady uh, here in the Austin area to have them over to your studio to have them hang out for a day to see how you run your business or is this one of your dreams this summer of 2019 to pay it forward.
1: Sure, if somebody would like to come over and shadow me for a day, I could tell them everything I know. Um, I think that what you try to do is when you have younger people that are starting out, and you know you you know you talk to them. If they call you up and say, "Hey, can I show you my portfolio?" Then say, so "Yeah, let's let's see it." Or the other thing is that you also have a lot of people moving to Austin. So you'll have designers coming and, you know, they're looking for work. And so I've always tried to share my knowledge and, sure. you know, I guess you say pass it forward. Pass it But forward, say, yes. yeah, hey, this is what I know. This is what I do. And, yeah, hopefully, you know, I help them out.
0: And Well, yeah. Mr. Pip Blakemore helped you. So paying it forward is a very charitable aspect on there you your go. part. And that's just the way the world works. Now, uh, we're very happy to hear that your business has been on your own for the last 17 years. Now, uh, you had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, because uh, Scott is a neighbor, we were chatting on the street, that uh, you've done some fair amount of travel with your business.
1: I uh, Yeah, yes, so I've traveled yeah over the years, yeah. So um, I, I think I, I sort of uh, had the travel bug, if you will, um, and I got that from my parents. My parents always loved to travel, and um, I did a lot of traveling when we were in Europe. Uh, every chance we got, we would try to you know travel across Europe and, and, and see as much as we possibly could. Right. So um, I, yeah, and I, I guess I'm fortunate because... I still really do like to travel, so yes. from a business standpoint, hey, I like to see new things
0: and, and, and check different stuff out. Um, any, uh, any trips planned for the summer or the fall of
1: 2019? Uh, I do actually right now. we're Well, okay, I have a little one. I'm going to go up to Canada. So we're going to go up to uh, uh, British Columbia to uh, Victoria.
0: You there. will love it. Yeah,
1: Vancouver Island. So uh, I've I've been to Vancouver, but haven't been to the the Vancouver Island. So we're going to check that
0: out. You will love visiting our Looney Canucks, our neighbors in Canada. I have family all across uh, Canada. And uh, again, to repeat, tonight is a big night because the Toronto Raptors are playing the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. And we wish them well. And Scott has got plans to go on up to uh, Victoria and uh, t- tour Vancouver Island, and you're going to love it you'll have a great time and remember their dollar is called a loony all, right. all right there you go in the loony now that's very interesting now uh, before we get into your main passion, uh, uh, you, last, t- couple, last time I saw you, you were doing a tiled outside tile job around your house. Tell, tell us how that went.
1: Uh yeah, so it was just uh, I I think it was my wife and she uh, got in her mind that she wanted a new patio, and um, I think we got some bids and uh, I sort of went what That's, you know to, what's that going to cost so I kind of I tend to always like to do things myself if I can good uh, I think I got that from my grandfather and my father going hey whatever it is if it's broken you can fix it you know you can figure things out and you can do stuff on your own. Um, so I kind of jumped out there and started doing what little bits that I could on it. And then we got some bids and I found a a contractor that I I really liked and, uh, yeah, yeah, had it done. And so we, we had uh, some just. Uh, pavers I guess is what you call it. Right,
0: right. And you did a very good job. To our podcast listeners, Scott did a very good job. I, Doug the neighbor, am of course a curbside engineer as he walks through the neighborhood talking to the neighbors. I stand on the curb and I give instructions and or approval (laughs) to projects by the neighbors. Now let's get on to a really big subject that is very dear to Scott's heart. You have a car collection, Scott. Again, yeah.
1: so I guess uh, some things that move. Um, I've I've always sort of been interested in. It. So when I was young, I was really into motorcycles. That was my I'd say probably. Well, I've had lots of different interests. I guess I when I was a little, I was one thing or the other. I was really passionate about. So at one point, I was passionate about sailing ships, and I wanted to join the Navy and go off to sea and and be a sailor. And then at one point, I was really into World War II aircraft and, uh, you know, planes and things. Your dad was a pilot? He was a pilot, yeah. And I think a lot of it gets into, it goes back to the design. I'm very interested in the design and the functionality of these things, and that's what, you know, I sort of get passionate about. So, um my so when i was in england i was mad on motorcycles it was all about motorcycles and british bikes and i was just absolutely loved them yes uh but then when i moved here to america i was like yeah i don't know if a motorcycle is, a, is a, such a good idea here at a young age uh so i was say 17 if you will um and uh, there just seemed to be that there was uh, people didn't appreciate motorcycles as much, and they kind of looked down on bikers or or something. Um, and then also, I was sort of interested in uh, dating or the the.
0: Uh, well, you're seventeen years old. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought that yeah,
1: girls aren't going to want to get in the back of a motorcycle, so I need a car. It's the hair thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, my first car was an Alfa Romeo, and um, I sort of got interested in this car and this. these, uh, and I guess, I don't know, I, there used to be, there was an Alfa dealership here in town, Austin of Alfa uh, Alpha of Austin, and they were down near uh, Fifth Street on Rio Grande. And are they still there? They are not. No. Nope. Um, but, uh, that was my first car and I was very, yeah, I was my, I loved this car and I was really passionate about it. And so right. every little thing about it. So I'd studied it and, you know, things. Right. And now
0: what year Alfa Romeo was this? So that was a
1: 1969 Alfa Romeo GTV. Um, and
0: 1969 uh-huh. Alfa Romeo G T. V. Yes,
1: that stands for Gran Turismo Veloce.
0: Oh, I and love it.
1: Veloce is speed, right? So yes. it's a, it's a the faster model, if you and will. And what color was it? It was uh yeah, it was a sort of a mustard yellow was the color. M-
0: mustard yellow. Yeah. And did you give it a name?
1: Uh that's a good question. Did I give it a name? No, I didn't give it a name.
0: In, in, no. but that started your uh love of Alfa Romeos. Yeah. How many Alfa Romeos do you have now? So
1: I, I have uh, three Alfa Romeos now, and those are my only cars. So I, I have a, an older one, a 1958 one. Um, I have a, a 1969, and then I have a 1985 one.
0: Okay, so the 1958 Alfa Romeo, what type of car is that? That's uh, uh, called a, a
1: Giulietta, so that's a Giulietta Spider you
0: um, spider. Uh-huh. Okay. And that
1: was the first car that Alfa Romeo brought into the United States sort of in volume. Um, they were a uh you know hand-built cars and uh that was the first one that they started bringing now when you say volume volume with a little Italian company versus volume and like Chevrolet is a yes, much different yes, thing. Yes, that's true. But um yeah, it's your little quintessential uh, little Italian sports car. So okay. a little convertible. The
0: 1958. 1958. And then your other car.
1: The other car is a 1969, uh, and that's the, so the other car is the an Alfa Romeo uh, GTV. And uh, what's interesting about that is that it is the exact year, make, model, and color. Of my first car in high school. So that was We my first love car.
0: that you went back to your roots and got yes. your old car. We love that. Scott. Yeah.
1: And now it's not the actual car, but I, I found it, uh, someone gave me a lead on it, and it was in a storage unit in Missoula, Montana. And Missoula,
0: Montana for yes. a 1969 uh, Alfa Romeo road, GTV. Yeah. In a storage unit in Missoula. Montana yeah and it, that must be a story in itself well
1: yeah that car had been in that storage unit for 20 years and so the the owner uh, decided that it was a project that he couldn't really undertake so he pushed it out and you know it was covered in dust and mm-hmm. you know took a bunch of pictures oh and my gosh so I uh so I bought it and shipped it down here to Austin and uh got it running and then restored it so that was sort of my first car that I've ever really restored Right, so, and which um, color is that one so it's called uh the the Italian color is called Gallo ochre is the color which sort of translates to chicken yellow so it's <laughs> <Gallo> a,
0: ochre <laughs> yeah it's a very
1: uh seventies color and it's a sort of a color it's it's like a mustard yellow, and it's a color you either love it or you hate it, so um but I like it because it's a very period color, so and it, it reminds you of your first car and, uh, yeah, and it was my first car, so it's it's very cool. Yeah, that is a great story. Now the third,
0: Alfa so the Romeo third have... car uh, is
1: 1985 Alfa Romeo GTV6, and uh, that car sort of has an interesting story because another gentleman uh, here in town that is a, is a car guy, and his name is Scotty, Scott he... and Scotty. Yeah, his name is Scotty, and and he goes way back. He's a, he has a, a a car place out on Lamar, uh, Scotty's Automotive, and uh, anyway, he called me up and he he said. Scott, you like those Alfa Romero's, don't you? And I go, oh yes. And he goes, well, I found one at an estate sale. You should come over and check it out. So, okay. So I went over to this estate sale, and sure enough, it was this this Alfa Romeo. And um, I was never really that interested in that make and year of car. Um, But I thought, hey, if I can get this thing running, I can turn around and sell it. It might be a good deal. So I towed it home and uh, got it running. And then once I started to drive it, I fell in love with the car.
0: <laughs> um, yeah,
1: it's a it's a really great car. Um, yeah, so it's a. It's a, you know, I, I sort of call these cars you know, my, my temperamental mistresses. Uh, so yeah, they're,
0: te- Italian, the temperamental yeah, huh, mistresses. Yeah. So they, they'll always
1: have something. But um, it's a, it's a great driver's car. It's a great sounding engine. It's a high revving V six engine, and the car handles spectacularly. And the interesting that thing that started to grow. on I me, mean, so a lot of this stuff goes back to the design. Um, and so the the, the fifty eight and the sixty nine cars. I like the um, the sort of '50s rounded, all the curves. So I like the design with all these curves, and I like those styles of cars. And a 1980s car in the '80s, everything was sort of angular, and that was the the style back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've now sort of grown to like this '80s aesthetic of these these angles and things. Right. Um, and uh, so. Yeah, so I I, I like this car as well with all this kind of weird '80s angles and and things like that too. So. You
0: are the neighborhood Alfa Romeo guy.
1: Yes, and then the other thing is that yeah, sort of getting around um, years and things. So uh, I was born in 1968, so the one car is in you know 1969, so it's about the same year that I was born. All right, so right. this '80s car is sort of my, high, you know, so I, I kind of was thinking about it, and, and I'm a, a child of the 80s, if you will. I went yes. to high school and college in, in the, the 80s. 80s. Yes. So, um, yeah, so I drive around and put on my 80s songs on the radio and live in my 80s dream in my oh, 80s car.
0: that's a great, great story, Scott. And uh, to conclude, you have uh, added something to your house uh, the, uh, so that you can work on these uh, uh, these Alfa Romeos, please describe it to our podcast listeners and folks. This is a really good story. Please tell us what it is.
1: Well, so when you're buying a house, it's a it's a joint decision, and my wife picked out this house, and she was in love with it in this neighborhood, and she wanted to live
0: here, and I was like. It doesn't have a garage. I'm a, guy. <laughs> uh, a lot of our podcast listeners, husbands, will uh, understand that. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: I was like, I can't believe we're buying a house without a garage. But okay, I love you. We can make it work. And so I um you know got one of these sort of little temporary um carport type tent things. Yes. Um and then over the years we just kind of keep thinking about it and I expanded it and customized it and made it bigger and stuff so it's it's a little uh, your slightly larger uh temporary tent structure type thing. Right, right. And I can actually squeeze four little Italian cars underneath it if I need right. to. Right, so, and
0: tell me what is on the wall. That's well, where so, you're headed with this story. Yeah, so
1: what I, what I wanted to do is I, I, I thought, well, I need to, there was an ugly fence I didn't like, and I wanted to cover it up. So I decided to, well, I need to make a banner that will sort of hang on the side of this thing. And um, so, the, you know, the internet's a wonderful thing, and you can sit there and search... For images and things and so I found this very interesting image of the uh, Alfa Romeo factory back in the 60s. So it's a beautiful shot of all these little Italians working away hard at uh, building Alfa Romeos and it's an assembly line and there's all these different models and things and so uh, right. I, I found this image and then... I uh, did some research and, you know, as a graphic designer, did some graphic design tricks on it or whatever. But uh, anyway, printed out a, a large, like, 19-foot banner. So this
0: banner is is how high?
1: So it's uh, 8 feet high, I guess. By 20? Yeah, by almost 20 feet long. And so as I sit there with my cars and I'm working on it, I kind of feel like, okay, I'm working in the factory here. Oh, well, that's a yeah. beautiful
0: story. And there's one car that you highlight yeah, in the banner that uh, you bring it to life.
1: Well, yeah. So what's interesting is that yeah, the, one of the cars that's in the assembly line is yeah, the, is my car that's sitting there. So it's kind of like yeah,
0: yeah. So. That is a beautiful story, and that banner, you feel that picture. Uh, comes from about ne- the time that yeah, it's a, it's nineteen sixties
1: yeah. So the car sixty eight sixty nine yeah. So the car is is, is a sixty nine. I, I think the banner might be a little earlier. It Might be maybe sixty five or so, close enough.
0: Yeah. Close that enough.
1: that model car they made for uh, maybe ten
0: years. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a little right. leeway here. Right, there. right. And to our podcast listeners, Doug the neighbor made a video of. Scott and his Alfa Romeos and it's on my YouTube channel and it's titled Doug the Neighbor 1985 Alfa Romeo Spider and it's about a three-minute video concerning uh, Scott and his Alfa Romeos. Please enjoy that video. It's there on YouTube under Doug the Neighbor 1985 Alfa Romeo Spider. Okay, now Scott you have one more serious uh hobby, avocation. Please tell me about that. Uh so uh,
1: yeah, so sport. I love sport, so I I'm a soccer player. So that I guess that is probably my one of my big passions is um is soccer so? Uh, soccer, yes. yeah. So did grow- you
0: play soccer when you were growing up in England?
1: I did. So I, I, um, I started when I actually started here in the United States before we before we left. But then uh, in England, it's soccer every minute of the day. I mean, that's yes. all there really is: is soccer, soccer, and more soccer. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, I was in the land of very good soccer players. So I was always the last man picked, and you know, <laughs> you st- were
0: the Yankee. sit <laughs> st-
1: on the bench and that sort of thing. So I kind of. Went away for it for a few years, you know, in college and things. I, I had other interests and wasn't that interested in it. Uh, but then as I got out of college, I started playing it again and really loved it. So, um, yeah, I'm very passionate about the game. Um, I love to watch it and I love to play it. So um, the uh, we have a, a league here in Austin. It's the Austin Men's Soccer Association.
0: Austin Men's Soccer Association here in Austin. Austin. Awesome. Austin, Texas. Awesome. Austin, Texas. Yes. And when do you play? So we play on Sundays. So Sundays. The, and where do you play? So the league
1: is, um, we have about 130 teams. Whoa! Um, of uh, all age divisions. So we have um, open, uh, you know, uh, leagues that, you know, any age, age can play. Then we have restricted. So it's like, it's an over 30s league or an over 40s league. Yes. And yeah. in my